you think about your feelings, right? So you know you have that awareness and you ask questions like what are my emotional strengths what are my weaknesses and the key thing for me is being able to understand how your current mood affects your decision making hi this is Julie Hyde thanks for joining me on making account a podcast dedicated to inspiring leaders and business owners to be even better leaders to create a great culture, empower their people, and be more productive. So let's get into it. Ush Denek is one of Australia's leading experts on emotional intelligence, EQ coach and trainer, and a popular keynote speaker at events around the world. She's the founder and CEO of Emotional Quadrant EQ Academy, the online hub for emotional intelligence courses, workshops, EQ resources in Australia. Her point of difference is using neuroleadership and EQ to help leaders uncover their true potential. Born in the UK, Ush is a lawyer and barrister by trade. After moving to Sydney 15 years ago, she worked as a lawyer for top-tier law firms and then moved into head of HR roles. Around this time, Ush developed a keen interest in emotional intelligence and this remains her focus today. Ush really simplifies EQ for us and shares some pragmatic tips for how to strengthen your EQ. We chat about the catalyst for Ush moving from law into coaching EQ, what the definition of EQ is, how your emotions affect your EQ, three ways to know if you have strong emotional intelligence, and three tips for leaders to strengthen their EQ. So grab a pen and paper and perhaps a coffee and really enjoy this chat with Ush. Ush, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to jump into our chat today and and discuss all things EQ, which is one of my favourite topics. So shall we just jump into it? Yes, let's do that. (laughs) Fabulous. So I'd love for you to share with um, our listeners a bit about your journey and how you've ended up to where you are today. Yeah, so um, total background-wise, I'm born and raised in the UK and uh, have been in Australia now for about 16 years and uh, started my career as a lawyer and um, just didn't like it when I <laughs> when I moved from the UK to do the law in Australia. And I just felt this period of intense burnout. And uh, I remember saying to my partner at the time, I'm like, I'm just going to quit. And he's like, no, 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 it's a really good job, just carry on. I'm like, nope, can't do it. And I literally quit one morning without much thought. I'm sitting at home at 11 a.m. watching Dr. Phil on TV. And I'm like, what do I do with my life? And then um, (laughs) I was like, well, I better find a coach. Um, And at that time, you know, I'm like, just Google coaches. And uh, I found a really good coach. And one of the areas he worked with me on was my EQ, which was self-confessed extremely low at that point in time as a lawyer. (laughs) So that's sort of how my journey into EQ began. Um, So I worked with him for about two years on myself and I loved it so much that I'm like, I think this is what I want to do. So in tandem, uh, in the two years that he coached me, I set up my HR business, uh, Collaborate HR. And um, on the side, I was sort of priming myself up to learn everything I could about EQ with the view that, you know, I would eventually become a, a specialized EQ coach. And um, that's exactly what happened. And for the last five years, I've been just focused on spreading the message of EQ. 
Amazing. So yeah. what, what was it? Was it was it the difference in the law from the UK to Australia or you just do you just feel mm. as though you were over being a lawyer? Stop. No, I think um, I sort of had rose-tinted glasses on. You know, I grew up watching Ali McBeal and LA Law and thought <laughs> that being a lawyer was going to be something similar to that. And then um, I actually did the bar. So I was a barrister in the UK. And then when I moved over to Australia, um, I couldn't practice the bar, which is exactly where my passion was. And, you know, I wanted to be an advocate. I wanted to get up and talk what I love and who I am. And then um, because I couldn't do the conversion here, I just had to become the solicitor side of things, which was really, you know, desk work, brief work. It wasn't the type of law I wanted to do. And I sort of slogged away at it for a while and it just drained me. It wasn't me. It wasn't in my genius zone. You know, when you work in something that isn't your area, Mm. um, it's like me turning into an accountant. That's pretty much what it felt like, the opposite of what I wanted to do. And then I just felt a bit of pressure going, oh, I need to stick with this. I can't fail. I felt like a bit of a failure going, I want to give up the law. Mm. Um, but it got to a point where I'm like, can't do it. And I just couldn't live a lie. So, um, yeah, literally just quit because of that. And I think had I done the conversion and had I done the bar in Australia, I think it would have been a very different journey for me. Mm. And would that have been a long one for you as well? Because I know... Mm. I work with a lot of architects and for them to come over and get registered again in Australia, it's a really long yeah. and arduous process. It is and stupidly expensive. Like, I'm, you know, I would have been in debt still by now, I think, um, because I wasn't a citizen, right? So you're paying overseas fees on top of how extortionate it is. Mm. And then, you know, I've just, yeah, I had got pregnant when I moved and it was just all this stuff happening. And I thought I can't now at that time, my logic was go into more debt um to do law which is what I've just done in the UK Mm. um so that was a bit of a tough call really and then Mm. yeah just had to make the decision but I work with lawyers now so I'm still happy and yeah oh good you get a taste of it (laughs) I get my fix yeah yeah yeah. absolutely so the catalyst for you moving into the EQ was from your coaching initial coaching relationship with your coach because it was yeah right yeah, yeah. So, look, he was great. He, you know, gave me all of that knowledge um, to become sort of the EQ expert. And then it was that awkward conversation of ah, sort of going to fly out and do exactly what you do because you train yes. me so well. Oh. Yeah, a little bit of an awkward moment um, that tested his EQ, I think. <laughs> yes, I can imagine. I can That's imagine. a story for another podcast, that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Can you hear that? So, Osh, can you share with our listeners, you know, what is EQ? You know, it's spoken about so much. Yeah. And, of yeah. course, you know, Daniel Goleman is a bit of a, a lead in that space. You know, he really did shine the light on it. But what mm. is EQ and how do you know if you're strong in it or not? Yes, good question. So in a nutshell, the definition I like to give of EQ is the ability to be aware of your own emotions in the moment. Um, And then the second part of that definition is to also then adapt your behavior to others as you recognize their emotions, right? So it's it's quite twofold. Mm. And the key three words I love in that definition is in the moment. So it's all about that awareness piece, you know, of how how are we feeling and behaving in the moment? Like we all can do it with the benefit of hindsight, um, but it's not as easy. And and just to clarify, like I keep talking about EQ so EQ is the actual measurement of your emotional intelligence right it's your emotional quotient um like your IQ is 
So some people say EI as an abbreviation for emotional intelligence and EQ is the measure of that. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, when I was thinking about, you know, how do you know if you have strong EQ? I think I'm, I put it down to three points because I mean, you know, otherwise, you know, we'll be talking about this for an hour. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I love the topic and how do you know if you have EQ or not? Yeah. Um, but for me, it comes down to three things. The first thing is that you think about your feelings, right? So, you know, you have that awareness and you ask mm. questions like, what are my emotional strengths? What are my weaknesses? And the key thing for me is being able to understand how your current mood affects your decision making. Yeah, that's a and that's really one, powerful. It? It's massive. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think we always go, you know what? We behave in a certain way. And I hate the people that say, well, that's just my disc profile. I behave in a certain way. I'm like, well, no. I mean, yes, to a certain extent, but it's actually your mood that affects your decisions. So that's one. The second one is the ability to be able to pause. So for me, this is all about, you know, how do you stop making a permanent decision based on a temporary emotion? Yeah. You know, like how many times have we just lost our shit, right? Because we yeah. just had a bad day or we milk that moment that hasn't gone our way and the day just, you know, it's just taken away from us. So I'd say that's the second one if you're able to pause. And then the last point for me is about, and I know this is very cliched, but um, it's about showing up authentically. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, as a leader in particular, embracing the fact that you're not going to be okay all the time or you're not going to be Mr. Positive or Mrs. Positive all the time. And you are going to have days where you don't feel good. Mm. And it's about acknowledging that you are not your emotions or your thoughts. Um, they're just things that you need to pass, let it pass. Um, and I remember, you know, the analogy I like, and I, I can build pictures in my head, is that, um, you know, it's like actors on a scene, right? So if you've got act one, scene one, you're going to get different actors that play different emotions. And then, you know, act one, scene two will come and different actors will come. And that play is going to be really boring to get the same actors, right, all the time. So if you look at it that way, that it's just, you know, all part of the character, all part of what's going on for you, you, you tend to stray away from going it's a bad day or a good day or a negative emotion or a positive emotion. It's just about going, this is what it is, and I'm just going to appropriately respond. Mm, yes. I love that point too about the ability to pause which yeah. I think is so important, particularly when we're having our buttons pushed and, you know, we, we're feeling like we're getting angry and a lot of people just respond to that anger and might attack or, you know, you know, tear someone apart or you're know, just angry. But that just that ability to pause and understand, okay, so what's happening here? Do I need to walk away from this situation right mm. now and come back to it later or can yeah. I self-regulate? and have an appropriate conversation. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's just, you know, stopping and processing what's happened. I think sometimes if we don't have that, it's what I call behavioral self-control. You know, we want to fix things and deal with things, you know, straight away in that moment. And that's probably not the appropriate thing to do. So mm. it's ability to go, that's okay. You know, whatever's happened, happened. I'm just going to process this. I'm going to think about this and I'm going to come back. Mm. Um you know, even outside of work, you know, with my 10-year-old, you know, you know, our triggers are there, we're pushed. And sometimes I have to check myself that I'm trying to fix something that she's just not ready to hear or doesn't want to talk about it at that moment in time. And I have to be okay with that <laughs> and go, it's okay. I can talk about this later. I don't have to get her to agree to what I want right this moment in time. Yeah. Yeah. And that can be, 
That's a massive challenge, particularly in the world that we're living in at the moment, because you know everything's about now, and mm. um, you know we want this immediate result for things, and um, you know the tendency yeah. can be trying to coerce people into how we want them to be right now, rather than giving them the space to, like you say, perhaps process and and be in that in that moment of time when they are ready to hear it. Yeah, and I think that comes down to two things. Like, you know, we all want that instant gratification of, you know, that fix of, okay, we've accomplished something, we've done it, we've done it in our time. And I think the second part of that, which it was for me, was that need of control. And I had to do a lot of work on going that, you know, when you try and control things, um, it isn't going to go your way. And it's okay to, it's not a, it's not a case of losing control, but it's it's okay not to have control in that moment in time. That's what I say to myself, especially from when you are a control freak like me. Um, you know, I, I have things that I want done a certain way, in a certain manner. Uh, and I'm like, you know what? Sometimes I'm just trying to grasp control because there's other areas in my life I probably feel out of control on. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge piece of self-awareness there too for us is why do we try and control things? Yeah. What What is missing for us that we're trying to grasp control in the smallest of things that really in the bigger scheme don't matter? Mm. Yeah, that's a really good point and and does lead me on to my next question because, you know, making account is very much um, positioned for leaders and um, business owners. So, and of course, to be an effective leader and to have great influence, the higher your level of, you know, emotional intelligence, the better you are. So, and it's really interesting that you, you know, talk about control because, you know, a Mm. lot of business owners, including myself, are control freaks and they sort Mm. of need to be in a way, but that can work for them and against them, as you say, if they're they're wanting to control everything that is going to go completely against them because, you know, they they then fall into the trap of micromanagement and not empowering Mm. the team. So can you perhaps share three tips for leaders in being more emotionally intelligent? Like what are the key things you think that they could do? Yeah, so definitely self-awareness, and I've just touched on that, but I'll touch Mm. on it again here because um, if you don't know who you are as a leader, you know, you can't really do anything else after that. So, um, you know, self-awareness as a leadership point of view for me is about asking yourself what you're doing. So as a leader, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. (laughs) Um, How do you feel about it? So how do you feel about what you're doing? Um, And then the third thing, which is the hardest, which I just had to make a note of this, I was going to forget it, but it's so important, is is figuring out what you don't know about yourself as a leader. Mm. So especially leaders who are wanting that control and in control, we can sometimes have blind spots Mm. and we're we're not really open to see things that aren't there. Um, So that's where the self-awareness piece is is really, really powerful. Mm. Um, I think second one um, that's really important for leaders is about channeling the emotions well. So you know, as I said earlier, leaders do have bad days. Leaders do have, you know, that roller coaster. They do have overwhelm and sometimes a lot more pressure on them, you know, if they're running a business and dealing with the emotions of the team and the people around them. And I think, you know, for me, it's about, it's it's not a, a good or bad emotion. It's actually good or bad reaction that you mm. have. Um, you know, the emotion of anger is what it is. The emotion of happiness is what it is. But how you react to what you feel is what I want to class as good or bad as a leader. Mm. So that's the second. And I think the third one goes back to um, 
an area of emotional intelligence which is called social awareness. And it's crucial for leaders to be socially aware. So this is all around, you know, once a leader has self-awareness about them, that's great. But then they also need to have the social awareness. So, you know, it's about reading the emotions of your team, picking up on, you know, nonverbal cues potentially. Um, because unless you understand yourself, it's going to be really, really hard to understand the people around you. And, you know, I find it fascinating when I coach in EQ, I find that, you know, some leaders are really good at that self-awareness piece. Um, and when it comes to social awareness, they're like, oh, my God, I'm shocking at that. And then you have others that are really good at social awareness, which a major component is empathy. Um, and they're really good at empathizing. They're really good at managing other people's feelings, but they're really poor at managing their own. Mm. Um, so, you know, EQ, you want to give them that balance between understanding of yourself as a leader and then understanding your team. Yeah. And of course, you know, given this year, and it's been such a challenging year for leaders and they've had so much weight on their shoulders in terms mm. of trying to keep their team engaged when they've been dispersed, forced out of the business quite quickly. They've tried, you know, they've had to try and, um, you know, keep a, um, or operate a sustainable business when, you know, things are, are going against them. So, um, you know, channeling those emotions is something that, well, I find hard sometimes and I'm sure a lot of people do as well. So is there, is there a particular like routine that you suggest for people to do to enable themselves to do that, you know, to, to stop and go, okay, what's going on here? Mm. Is that like a nightly ritual, uh, how you start your day or is it all throughout the day? Is there any particular strategy that you suggest for people to actually yeah. stop and go what am I doing <laughs> yeah look there are loads of different things I mean you know you've heard of you know the morning routine the evening self-reflection routine but for me what I find has had the biggest punch from an impact point of view is really simple it's actually scheduling thinking time in your day mm. now um if you do this it's going to feel really uncomfortable if you're not used to it mm. um, and you can start with 10 minute blocks three times a day and there's no right or wrong in what you do in your thinking time. The thinking time is all about just processing what's been going on. You might be thinking about a meeting that you've had. You might be thinking about an interaction that you've had. And I think, you know, as a leader, if you're not used to checking in with yourself and your emotions, it's really hard to say, write down, you know, exactly what you feel and, you know, find the best way to channel that emotion. I think it starts with that quiet time first. And then as you get comfortable with these, you know, blocks of 10, just just write down whatever you notice. And before you know it, you're actually, you know, self-reflecting without without any structure and doing it the way that it naturally needs to come. Mm. So I would say start with that. Um, and then once you've got into the habit of having this thinking time, then what I would suggest you do is at the end of every day, start writing down a list of emotions that you felt. Because the main thing about raising your EQ is if you can't name the emotion, then you can't channel it, right? You mm. can't just say, oh, I felt something, but I don't know what that was. Mm. Um, and it's an exercise I get all of my leaders to do. And um, I did it myself. And for 21 days, we had to write down eight times in the day what it was that we felt. And I remember doing this going, my coach, this is ridiculous. This is stupid. It's not going to work. And he goes, just give it a go. And I promise you, I really struggled. Like I didn't know what emotions were. 
uh, outside of frustrated, pissed off, hangry, kept coming up. Like <laughs> I really struggled. I was really struggling to go, I, don't, I actually don't know what I'm feeling. Yeah. And I realized then that I wasn't connecting to myself. I knew the uh, behaviors I was displaying as a result of feeling a negative emotion, but I didn't know what that was. So he made me do that for 21 days. If I missed a day, the clock restarted. And then he gave me a tool that was really cool. It's called the emotions wheels. If you just Google it, you'll see it. But it actually is a wheel of emotions that actually helps you articulate what you feel. And then the moment I have the emotions wheel, I'm like, okay, I feel this. I feel that. I feel this. Um, and that's really helped. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point in terms of being able to identify how the actual feeling, like pinpoint yep. it. Mm. Like you say, you've got your language and for how you think you're feeling but it might not even be that it could be something else so that you and I remember yeah I remember I'm having this conversation with a CEO and he had angry a lot in his and I challenged him and I said okay so I said what is that anger I said is it disgust is it hatred like what what is the emotion behind the anger Mm. and then when we drilled down it actually wasn't angry it was a combination of other things that were other emotions that were causing the anger Mm. um so, you know, it's just the ability to think of what is causing the emotion mm. and diving a bit deeper. Yeah. Yeah. Really interesting. Um, I love that 10 minutes three times yeah. a day. And, and you'd be surprised by um, how much also that impacts your creativity and innovation, which are awesome topics of EQ too. But, um, you know, they say like, you know, with inventors and successful leaders, they spend so much time you know just thinking and processing and strategizing that actually doing should only be 20 percent of your day and thinking should be 80. Yeah yeah well that ties into um you know Warren Buffett and yeah. uh, what he shared he's he shares a good majority of his day thinking yeah. and strategizing rather than doing and that's exactly. how he's you know got to where he is. And then you just outsource some of the doing where possible and, you know, just focus on doing the bits that you need to do in your business and Mm. developing that trust, developing those good relationships and getting the rest done. Mm. Yeah. But but you know what? Having that confidence and courage to go, I'm going to block out thinking time. It's not easy because we're so, we're so used to routine. We're so used to our structure that doing nothing scares us almost. Um, But the ROI on it is huge, but people have just got to give it a go. I totally agree. And the proof is in the pudding in a lot of situations. You know, whenever you're trying to change a habit, you've just got to commit and be quite disciplined in doing it. Yeah. Uh, Because we all perceive we don't have time for this stuff to stop. But in actual fact, you, you know, can't afford not to. So Exactly. Yeah. mm, mm. So, Osh, who has been the biggest influence on your life and why? Mm. I'm gonna to have to say my daughter for this one um I think you know she's she's 10 and she's really taught me a lot about EQ um and I'd say in the form of patience it's something I never had I was constantly a doer action taker um always had those high standards and I think you know she's really taught me the ability to just be present um mm. and more emotionally present and then she also challenges me and um you know, she says to me all the time, if she doesn't do something I want, she's like, it's perfectly okay for me not to do what you want. So I think, you know, she's just constantly challenging my EQ-ness. Um, 
she's coached in it herself like for a number of years now so she sort of knows and I can feel her coaching me back which is scary um but, but I think I think she has been I think she's had the most impact um you know as my only child as well and being 10 at the age of turning on to 19. <laughs> you can imagine well, we do learn so much from kids they're such we curious do. little creatures and and how they make sense of the world so I love that uh, testing your acuteness so is that a new word she is. yes of course I need to copyright <laughs> that one <laughs> I love it so how can people get in contact with you if they would like to improve their EQ yeah, so um, EQ Academy is what I've created now. Um, so it's a bit of a bit of a rebrand, actually. I was operating under my own name for a number of years uh, as Oshtanek and um, sort of made the decision just recently to, to move away into EQ Academy. And so that's where you can find me, eqacademy.com.au. Fantastic. And uh, it's got everything about me, everything we do. And uh, I also uh, play in the neuroleadership space. So you'll see on the website mm. how the EQ ties in with neuroleadership yeah. and some of the magic that we do there. Fantastic. And I'll share the links out with the show notes as well Thank so people you. can easily click on that. Yeah. So that's my pleasure. So this podcast is called Making It Count and, um, you know, I just love chatting to people who are really making it count in their world. So I'd love to hear in your words, how do you feel that you're doing that? Yeah, good question. I think for me uh, at the moment it's living my truth and staying true to who I want to be and what I want to do. Uh, and I think, you know, we can succumb to a lot of pressure <laughs> in terms of, you know, who we should be and how we should behave and uh, what we should say and what we shouldn't say. And I think for me, it's all about, yeah, being being authentic and, you know, living and breathing what you coach, which isn't always easy. Mm. Um, but that's something I strive to do. And, and yeah, making it count every day in terms of turning up as the real me without the mask. Yes. I love it. I love it. Oh, Osh, it's been wonderful chatting to you and I Thank really appreciate you. you sharing your insights about EQ and EI and how, can, and how we can do that a lot better, which I'm sure people are going to um, love listening to. So thank you for your time. You're welcome. Thanks for listening. And I hope that you have gained some great ideas and feel inspired to get out there and make what you do count for your leadership, your business and your life. Please do leave a review for this podcast and please share it with your network. Send any feedback or suggestions for future guests by emailing me, julie at juliehide.com.au. For now, let's get out there and make it count.